welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. for a moment. I won't speak too long. Kids, you're doing great. Stay in. I've got something interesting to tell you. And uh, yeah, just sit with mum and dad. If kids are unsettled and need attention, we have a parents room. The service is streamed into that room just over there. But uh, we do um, keep this service shorter than normal so that we've got time for the activity and coffee and fellowship. And just every now and then we love a family service all together. And of course, Father's Day is a good day for that. Welcome online. If you're watching, and uh, hopefully more than just watching, but connecting and participating and sensing God's love and uh, grace for you, which is what we celebrate. I mean, today is a great day, is it not? Um, it's, it's Father's Day. It's a great day for families. Um, and what I love the family of God because you don't have to even have a decent nuclear, normal physical family, you can be part of God's family. You might not be a father, but you can feel the love. In fact, you'll probably score a Kit Kat if you're lucky. So there seems to be a few. So you can identify, as they say. Just say, I'm, just a, I'm feeling like a father today. The sun is shining, I believe. So we're going to do that in the courtyard. Jack Miller's on pole position. It's important. So those of you who should know, kids, I'll give you a lesson on motorcycle uh, racing afterwards. But Jack Miller is on pole for tonight's race. I think about three people probably appreciate that and know who I'm talking about. Craig, thank you. Yes. So that's very exciting. First poll in four years. Anyway, I won't go too, long, too much about Jack, but maybe I do need to explain exactly who that is. An Australian motorcycle racer. But more importantly, God is here. And I want us to pray. And then I want to read something from the Bible and talk about something that relates to the activity that we're going to do afterwards. Talking about building. So let's pray around God's word. Father, we thank you uh, for today. For, for every day, this is the day that you've made, the word says, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you that we're alive, that we're here in your house. Your presence is here through the power of the Holy Spirit, touching every heart. We've all come from different places. We're all heading in different directions. But right now, we come around you, your love in your house and your word. We thank you. The word of God is alive, full of power. Pray that we would understand something from it today. Apply it to our lives for your glory in Jesus' name. Touch every heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. So building, we're... um, we're talking about the building the tower thing. Everyone likes building, I think. Uh, you know, little kids, you've got blocks. Duplo, I'm a fan of Duplo. Uh, and uh, we collected so much Duplo over the years now. We're sending it out off to the grandkids' homes. And, uh, you know, then you progress to Lego and Meccano if you're old enough. Remember building things? With and then girls and, uh, you know, you've got maybe a, a less blokey kind of version where you can create worlds and you've got you know dolls houses and you're building and online kids are building uh you know with games what's the one that all the kids at school minecraft you know i mean i had to do i i katie they had when i did a teaching when i did some teaching up at your school all the kids had laptops and they were all playing minecraft 
until you walk past and they'd hit one button and then they'd be working back on their English. But I could never understand why they could never get through any of their work. And then I realised that part of the teacher's job was to somehow online know what everyone's looking at on their screen. And I don't know. Anyway, so they, the boys love the Minecraft. And then, you know, adults love building in different ways. Of course, you, you might build seriously good stuff, furniture. In fact, we've got more than just furniture, we've got a number of carpenters and builders and apprentice carpenters, Craig and Tony and, uh, say again? I'm throwing them all in the one mix. He's far from apprentice. Uh, I mean, um, a master builder. Uh, Tony built his own house, still standing 20-something years later. It's amazing. The Chirkoff Lodge, beautiful big home. And then, yes, we've got apprentices, uh, you know, Jono and Keelan and uh, Caleb. And anyway, there's, I've forgotten maybe some people. But there's quite a few uh, builders around here. And they will tell you that if you want to build a good house, you need the right materials, the right skill, and you need good foundations, you need to build on something and you need to build well. And, um, you know, they're talking about, you know, physical buildings. But do you know when Jesus came to earth, and this is really just applicable for not just the little kids, but for us to consider as well. I think this really relates to all of us. Jesus came and one of the reasons he came from heaven to earth was to show us how to build. But not building houses physically or building with physical materials he gave us an incredible building material that we can use to build our lives and we will discover what that is when we read this passage this is uh, Matthew 7 this is Matthew recorded the sermon on the mount one of Jesus disciples was there listening to the greatest speech ever given and this is the message translation or the message version it's very uh, modern, easy to read, easy to understand language. And uh, he says this. This is um, the words of Jesus recorded, right? Je listen, these words, Jesus said, the words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life or homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, we would say a cyclone, I guess, in Australia, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living every day, that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religious teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Wow. So Jesus gave us words to build on, words to to live by, words that we can believe in, words that we can obey. And, that, and the Bible is full of Jesus' words, the word of God we call the Bible. And notice the comparison between the sand and the rock. And, and he, he says, this is how dumb it is if you ignore God's word. It's as dumb as a carpenter building on sand. He says, on a sandy beach. And you'd think, well, no one would do that. But they do. Have a look at these pictures. Here's one. 
that has been built on sand. And look what happens, because who, who knows? Rain is inevitable. We've all discovered that in recent times. It's not if, but when. When the rain comes and when the storm comes, it's just part of life. Cyclones, maybe not so much around here, you know, but storms, <laughs> there's another one. I, don't, I just really wouldn't want to be living in any room, but especially the second story of that house. You know, you think, well, it's raining a lot tonight. Wow, is it just me or am I dreaming, am I, am I dreaming that I'm sort of leaning sideways? Look at that, a whole bunch of them. All built along a beach. I mean, water views, yay. You know, we all want to live by the beach. Really? You know, so there's a, there's a limit, isn't it? That's foolish. That's just not worked out that well, has it? And then, and then Jesus says, but if you're smart, you'll build on rock. Kids, you want to see photos of houses built on rock? You want to see some interesting ones? There's a house. Come on, Craig. It's not too late. I, I reckon... Now that, that's pretty extreme. That, that's not going anywhere, even though there's probably a lot of weather all around it. And the very next one, that house was built by a very keen few fishermen. And that house has been there for 50 years. And it survived floods and storms and rising rivers of all kinds. And yes, I've had to rebuild it a couple of times. So it's a little extreme. So, so maybe you're not going to build a house on that one. So there's one more photo, I think, that just shows a nice, regular house, not on a rock, so to speak, but on a good foundation. There you go. That looks like a decent house. All right. And so you wouldn't complain living in that house, especially when the rain comes and it's waterproof. Have I mentioned the colour bond roof at 101 and how excited I am? Yeah. So, you know, we, we love being waterproof and having some decent foundation. And that's exactly what it's like when we build our life on God's Word. But what does that mean? How do you do that? When he says build your life, how? How do you build your life on the Word of God? I want to suggest three things. Obviously, you've got to read it. You've got to know it. You can't build on something if you don't know about it. You know, guys, you go to TAFE and learn about, uh, you know, the right timber and bracing and forming and all the stuff that you do and all that. But... You're not going to build a house until you go to learn that and, and, and get a hold of the materials and discover them and understand them. And it's just what Jesus says there. If, if you don't really attend to the Word of God, it's, it's not going to help you. And so the, uh, the Word is, is there for us. It's, in fact, you know, the Bible tells us that God's Word is like food, food for the soul. Jesus quoted the Old Testament at one point and said, you will not just live properly and well by bread, by physical food, but by God's word, comes from God's mouth. And in the same way, you know, we need it in our soul. And so if you, if you offer kids, if I had really, you know, nice food for you, uh, you, you know, you can, be, you can be offered that food, but it won't get in there until you actually reach out and take it. And, and we've all got the opportunity. God's word, so many apps these days, Bible apps, uh, Bible studies, daily devotionals with a little scripture and a good thought, all available on phones and online. And of course, you can get old analog paper Bibles as well. You know, the Word of God, number one selling book all throughout history uh, for good reason. But sadly, I think a lot of people own it without actually reading it. And we can do well to actually read it, know it, obey it, flow with it, you know. And so you've got to get a hold of it. Second thing, 
to build your life on the Word of God is, is actually believe it, not just read it, not just memorize it, but to have it in your heart in a way that you say, this is what I'm building on, this is what I believe in, this is what I'm aligning my life up with. Because some of the part of the Bible is, is a little uncomfortable. You know, some parts will t- point out that you're a sinner. If we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us and we deceive ourselves. First John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. But if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Ah, oh, there's the good news. But some people don't want to get that first part. Ah, turn the page. Don't tell me I've done something wrong. So the, the, the Bible sometimes convicts you in order to show you the right way to live. Sometimes you've got to recognize what you're doing wrong in order to do something right. And so the Bible is full of lovely, encouraging stuff, but you want to make sure you read all of it. Sometimes people just flick on the Psalms. Oh, just tell me, Lord, you love me, and that's nice. You know. But well, he does love us, but he loves us enough to actually show us where maybe some things are wrong and need to be attended to. So the Bible's full of wonderful promises. It's also full of commandments and principles that we should follow. But it does us no good, again, if we, if we just discard it or read it and let it go in one ear, out the other. You've got to believe it. You've got to be committed to obey it. And, uh, and there's full of it's promises that you can build your life on. You, to trust in God's word, like Maddie's talking about finances, giving to God, Bible promises that God will provide for us. And that's awesome. And, and, you know, we trust in, a, in our Father's words. Fathers, we like to, you know, promise our kids something and then we back it up and we do it. Like, you know, I just, Frosty just told me this morning, he's, for Father's Day, he's going to give both of these boys a thousand bucks, take them to Disneyland. And, oh, he said, he wanted to tell him. It was a secret. Anyway, he'll tell you that later. Um, but that's a great promise. I mean, what a father, you know? And, uh, and I just think, what a great guy, you know? One, joking. Sorry, Angus. <laughs> Sorry, Angus. It was just for Mel. He said just for Mel because he was punking that. No, not for either of you, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, as fathers, you, you love your kids and you'll say, yep, I'll, I'll do this for you and all that. And imagine if the kid was really suss about it and unsure and oh are we re- are you really going to do that it's, you'd feel you'd get you'd get uh, upset or offended you want your kids to trust in you because you you're a man of your word you you want to bless them and you're going to follow through with what you say and i think sometimes we push god's buttons because he's given us his word and he's promised stuff in his word and and it's there for us <sighs> we want to bless him and please him by believing in what he says yeah, yeah. and so and then thirdly You build your life on God's Word, not just knowing it, reading it, not just believing it in your heart, but also speaking it. Because our words have power. And Romans says, the word, uh, the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 7 says, God's Word is near you, it is in your heart and it is in your mouth. And that's how God works His Word into our lives, so that we read it, we trust in the promises, we obey the commandments, and then we find ourselves speaking God's word over situations that maybe need God's word, you know? And so we find ourselves prophesying and proclaiming, and, and in, in, in a sense, in that way, we are then determining our future. Because you can tell someone's future by just having a conversation with them, to some degree. You talk to someone for 10 minutes, and you just find out the things that they're passionate about, the things that they love, the things that they're promoting, the things they say about their lives. Sometimes it's really sad because some people have just got a negative mindset and they're talking about how terrible they feel and it's no surprise that they end up getting really sick and, oh, well, that's probably going to happen and that'll never work out. And, well, what a surprise. 
And then you meet other people and they've got through all sciences, all, all kinds of challenges. They've got just as many issues as the first person. And they're like, yeah, but you know what? I think it's going to work out. I trust God. It's a great day. The sun's shining. Well, it's not shining at the moment, but it will soon. You know, hey. And they've got a positive attitude and they speak that in their life. And what do you know? Things work out. And God's word is so powerful. He encourages us to speak it, to carry it in our heart and to speak it and confess it over our lives, over our children, over our families, over our finance, over your future, over your career, over your health. And so it's our choice again. And in doing so, you're building your life in line with God's word, God's will. And we've mentioned many times, you know, uh, finances, we've had our challenges over the years and, and we, we made sure we would never say things like, oh, we can't afford it. You know, we would never say that. We'd say, oh, it's not a financial priority for us right now. <laughs> you know, but, but just the power of confession, you just don't want to say things like, oh, it's terrible, it's not going to work out, we're poor, we can't, we can't do this, we can't. No, it'll work out. What's God's word say? Oh, he'll supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. So we say that. And so that's how you build your life, yes? Smart people. And also we build other people's lives up with our words. Like, be a builder, you know what I mean? Don't, don't be a destroyer. Some people tear people down and they, they criticise and they shoot down ideas. Oh, I'm thinking you're doing this. Oh, really? Oh, I don't see that. That's never going to work. Oh, you know? Oh, and you meet someone and, they, and you say, uh, oh, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, well, sure, until you get to know him, really. Yeah, right. So don't be that kind of person. Be someone who speaks well of people and builds them up. Yeah, be a builder with our words. Don't be a wrecker. So, um, so come on, let's attend to God's word and build. We build our lives. Of course, we're going to do this building exercise later, expertise, foundation, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and of course, we're doing that in the spirit when we attend to God's word, building our life by knowing it, obeying it, believing it, and speaking it. Amen? Praise him. So uh, let's pray. And uh, I just want to also mention, Ruth's going to do a series. I was just, uh, you know, in terms of thinking of uh, speaking the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, she, she, words of God, she's going to uh, share on healing. Uh, I think it's either next week or the week after we start a, a short series on that, and that's a powerful application of God's Word and God's promises. Um, come on, let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you. We thank you that you are close to us today through the power of the Holy Spirit and Lord Jesus because of your love and great sacrifice for us. Uh, we thank you that you are the perfect Father. No matter what our natural dads have been like and how we might let our kids down as natural failing fathers, you are the perfect Father we can all look to be blessed by, protected by, led by, provided by. And we thank you. We thank you for your word. We pray that we would build our lives on it. And you know, just before we finish today, we're all seated in the house of God, just seated in God's presence. I want you to just consider where you are before God. Because Jesus came so that we might have life. And life to the full, he said. Life abundantly. And that life begins in Jesus, begins with a relationship with Jesus. We are, in a sense, spiritually dead because of our sin, because of our mistakes. We are separated from God. But Jesus came 
to open up a way back to God. And we need to attend to that uh, simply by faith. The Bible says we just pray a prayer of faith. Just we're saved by grace through faith. Saved from our sin and set into the family of God and given a home in heaven in the future. And so I want to encourage you, if you've never prayed a prayer of commitment to Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer and encourage you to pray this after me. Just where you are, just quietly. Just a very simple prayer. It might be for the first time or it might be a recommitment of your life into God's hands. Because that's what we are called to to do, to have a relationship with God through Jesus. That's the essence of the Christian faith. Not a bunch of rules, not a set of acts of duty, not just attending church, but walking and talking with the Lord Jesus. Come on. You want to pray this prayer? Just follow me in this simple prayer of commitment of your life to God. You pray, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to this earth to die on the cross in my place for my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. And help me to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray for everyone everyone here today, and especially anyone who's prayed that prayer for the first time or as a commitment back into your hands, into your family, into your kingdom. Touch them. Help them. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.